0: Was the, probably the most frustrating mm-hmm. part because i knew i was playing well playing um against nba guys on nba teams in the d league playing well and, and showing that i could be an nba player but i wasn't really getting an opportunity to prove it
1: up basketball is proud to bring you mental buckets a show about athletes the stories behind their careers and the mental toughness needed to get to the next level this podcast is sponsored by up basketball through basketball we strive to develop hard-working and mentally tough individuals who understand their potential is unlimited. Check out our website at www.upbtraining.com for more information on our basketball skills training program. And I'm Packy Turner, player development coach and co founder of Up Basketball.
2: And I'm Mike Franco, the mental skills coach with the Dallas Mavericks and Texas Legends.
1: On the show today, we have Seth Curry. You know, I'm really excited having him on. I've known him for about five years now, and he's probably one of the quietest individuals I've ever uh, spent time in the gym with. And if I got 15 words out of him, it felt like, you know, I really won that workout and I really got him outside of his comfort zone. And uh, so to have him on today, to me, it's, uh, it's special. Um, we all know, you know, the family pedigree when it comes to hoops, Dell, his brother, Steph, and, you know, even what Seth is doing now, been really cool to see.
2: I thought Seth, throughout his whole journey, displays some serious mental toughness, and a lot of people think just because he's quiet doesn't mean he's not competitive or he doesn't care, but being competitive is shown really just through your actions, and And Seth, everywhere he went, whether it's the G League, whether it was an NBA contract, 10-day contract, he was able to adapt and adjust, especially in tough environments, and the G League isn't easy, the G League sometimes just isn't fun, and he was able to get out. And Carver niche for himself in the NBA as being one of the best shooters in the league.
1: Yeah. When he made it to Sacramento and was with that uh, with the Kings that first year, I remember driving up there and him just putting in work after games, on days off, just getting extra work in. And the one thing I will say, you know, I mentioned how he's quiet, but like he just keeps this even and calm, cool demeanor the entire time. And I think that served him well in every situation he's been in. Um, you know, some people may look at it as like disengaged, but really it's just how he's been able to ride everything he never gets too high he never gets too low and uh that's why you see him in the playoffs handling pressure and delivering with the portland trailblazers and then you know this year with the dallas mavericks he's become one of the best catch and shoot players in the league and he is just one of the best shooters in the league and he's going to be around for a real long time so we're excited to have him on And thanks for listening it's a it's a very interesting journey and you've uh you've dealt with a lot and overcome a lot. Um but one thing that's you know starting way back when you you grew up around the NBA. Uh what was that like for you? I loved the growing up. I mean, I kind of knew I was lucky growing up just to
0: be around all the NBA players and follow my dad going to practices and games and um I'm like I mean, I knew it was it was a special situation for me and my brother to be in, but at the same time I didn't know how much game I was soaking up. Uh, without even knowing it so I mean just being able to watch great players every day in practice and see how they work and just being
1: a game around the game all the time shooting and just it it definitely benefited me later on in my life. When you got into to high school is that when you started like really locking in and, and taking it more serious or when did that kind of like click for you that you this is something you wanted to really do or pursue?
0: I mean I I knew I loved the game from I mean, a young age um I just, I love to play. That's pretty much it. I love to play. I wanted to be great at it and just for my own personal reasons. But I mean, even in, when I was younger, high school and early on in college, I didn't think I was necessarily good enough to be in the NBA. That was never like my main focus was to to be an NBA player. It was just to enjoy the game, be as good as I could be. And just for my own personal reasons, I was real competitive. And like I said, I, even to today, I just love to play the game. So I think that's that's brought me this far.
1: And then as you finished up your, your college career, um, you had a minor setback, right? You had an an injury. And so that was during the whole kind of pre-draft process for you? I mean, actually I had the injury the so the
0: the um so sort of leading up to my senior year, I had a, got a stress fracture on my shin. And it was right before the season started, I got diagnosed and we figured out what it was. But so it was either sit out the year, have surgery or try to manage it throughout my senior year and, and and play on it and try to get through the year and coach. I mean he felt like I had a building up of equity to to be able to um not practice with the team but be able to play in all the games that year and it worked out I had a pretty good season. And after that, before the draft process I, I still ended up having to have surgery. So had surgery wasn't able to work out for teams um that's that off season heading into the draft and so I mean I went undrafted.
1: And, and, I mean, that started out my whole professional journey. How did you handle that, like, going undrafted? um, You know, because, I mean, going into with no workouts and things, it was maybe something that you knew was kind of working against you a little bit. But what was that kind of like for you? Um,
0: I mean, I I was prepared for it. I I was realistic about where I was as a player and in my situation, how I was viewed as NBA teams. Uh, First of all, they didn't know, like, what – whether I was an NBA caliber player or not, they I felt like I could play at that level, but I knew teams weren't completely sold on me. So I knew I needed that draft process to, to show some things and not be able to do that. I knew I was either going to be a late second round pick or be undrafted. So I was just playing a long game of trying to get completely healthy and then working on my game and, and just trying to stay, stay positive. You know, so I had some offers to go overseas, but I want to give myself that chance to, to play in the D league or, or make somebody's roster in a training camp. And because I knew if I had the opportunity, I'd be able to, to show some good things and, and get a chance to play in the NBA.
2: So you end up at, let's see, Santa Cruz. Yep. Great city. But, you know, you, you, you play really well there, right? And you, you get a, like, uh, I think it was a 10-day at one point. Or you got signed by the Grizzlies? Yeah, I
0: got signed. So, I, I mean, I went to training camp with the Warriors and with the agreement that I'll pretty much be going to um, the D-League to start the year. So, mm-hmm. um, I got – I mean, I, I would say to start the D-League season, I wasn't 100%. I was probably 80%, 85%, but I got to a good start. I was playing well. Got signed by the um, Grizzlies. Never really got on the court for any game, So, I was there for about three weeks um, right before the, the guarantee date. So, they ended up releasing me at the guarantee date. Never played games. Got signed by um, – I think it was Phoenix and Cleveland throughout that year. And still, it was 10 days, but I never really got an opportunity to get on the floor. So that was the, probably the most frustrating mm-hmm. part because I knew I was playing well, playing um against NBA guys on NBA teams in D-League playing well and, and, and showing that I could be an NBA player. But I wasn't really getting an opportunity to prove it where it matters. So uh, I was just trying to be patient, like I said, and, and wait my time
2: right i mean yeah that's that's probably one of the most frustrating things is is knowing you're right there and you know you're playing like i've seen it just even my couple years in the g league like guys play really well and they can they basically look like an nba player they're dominating the game they can do whatever they want but then they get a 10 day don't get don't get that contract and and so i'm curious you know it's a back and forth thing and and even back then when you were in the g, uh, g league maybe it was the d league at that time i can't really yeah, remember it was. when they changed it, it was. so like like you know you're probably going to idaho you're probably going to like these these obscure places and and it's not as glamorous not even to what the g league probably is now and so i guess like how do you handle that situation like as a person um. like you said it was frustrating like how do, how do you get through that uh, for me, I focused
0: on the basketball, man. I, you know, I woke up every day with a, I mean, a nice schedule of going to the gym, getting my work in before practice, having practice. And I just enjoyed playing, man. It was The the hardest thing was the travel, like you said, and the, and the grind of the actual logistics of the of the D-League at the time. But for me, I was enjoying it because I was being able to play basketball and I was I had a huge role. I was playing 35, 40 minutes a game. So, um I'm, right. I mean, I was just enjoying playing. So, um, And then when I went to the NBA teams, it was actually less fun because I was just working out and I wasn't being able to play. You know what I'm saying? I was waiting to get an opportunity to get on the floor. So, um, I mean, looking back, that was a, a good opportunity for me to get those uh, G League reps and, and figure out ways that I could uh, get used to the NBA game and just try to stay positive and, and just – tell myself that I would get an opportunity sooner or later to play in NBA.
2: Is there anyone that helps you out? Like, is there anyone you lean on for that type of stuff? Is it family? Is it is it friends? Is it a coach? Like, because I'm sure at some point you got, you got to talk it out with somebody.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was coaches and, and family. I mean, I got obviously two good people in my family, my dad and my brother who know the NBA game and, and going to be honest with me and tell me I think I need to work on. And, and, and if I'm, good enough to play in the NBA. Saying, and they were telling me, like, if you get an opportunity, you have a chance to play in the NBA. So, uh, I mean, I held on to those, that confidence, those words, and continue to work hard. I and mean, that's what it was all about, just, just working hard out, outside of games and enjoying to play the game. And, like, I keep saying it was all about patience, I man. I gave myself just the opportunity to play in the NBA. And, and if I didn't get the, the chance to prove it at that level, then, I mean, I wouldn't have any regrets. So, that kept
2: me mentally strong. I mean, it seems like you handle things pretty well, Seth. Like, I know you—you you have a pretty like, like good yeah. personality with that. Just by talking to you here, ha- and and I, because I think a lot of people in that situation, and maybe you experience this at some point. But a lot, I think, a lot of people were like, "Man, what, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I can't believe this is happening." Like that—that that type of thing. Is, is did did some of that stuff ever creep in? me <laughs>
0: with me, no, man. I'm. I mean, people in my family and my wife get on me all the time about it, but I never really get stressed about anything. Stuff that I should be should be stressed about, <laughs> stuff that I should be worried about. It's like do you even care? It's kind of a <laughs> uh kind of a negative thing, but it serves me well throughout my career that I could just uh able to focus on the stuff that I can control and the stuff that I can't control, I really you know, for whatever reason I really don't worry about it at all, you know. I can't control my injuries for the most part. And and i focus on really just what i can do in that moment to to keep going you know what i'm saying so it's just
2: stuff. where did did you learn that because because i think a lot of people don't get that until a lot later in life i it's it's tough to answer that man i really don't know i think
0: i I mean i think that's just part of my personality part of my dna where i just can really focus um stay calm in, in tough situations and and stressful times. And like I say, just focus on what I can't control. You know what I'm saying? I was told that growing up by my, my parents and my dad to to be your own person and, and run your own race and, and control what you can control on the floor and off the floor. And mm-hmm. I really, I mean, took that to heart. So, um, I mean, it's, it's easier said than than done. I, I admit, but, um, uh, for, for me, for sure. I don't know how, uh, it's, it's hard to tell you how I definitely got that myself.
2: I, I think I think what you said is right on. Is is It's easy to say, and a lot of people can say it, but until you have to yeah. go through it, then it's like that's when it gets real. Yeah. That's when we see who actually can own that stuff yeah. and not freak out or, like, become a victim. Yeah, and
0: I, I mean, um, I really knew I had that in me in my D-League days, to be honest, because um, – I, mean, I had to be mm-hmm. around teammates who are always complaining or always stressed about being in the D-League. And, and, man, I, just, I don't want to get my opportunity in the NBA every day. They were more focused on what wasn't happening to them and, and feel like they should be in the NBA. And and for me, yeah. I was just enjoying the game and focusing on what I control, which is being the best player on the floor every night. So I think that's what allowed me allowed no, me to stay I've... sane.
2: I appreciate you saying that because i mean this is one of the whole reasons we're doing this this whole show is to to help people get through that stuff because there's i mean there's so much more than ever like you know there's more stress in the in in this sport in the world like people there's a lot of like not knowing how to handle situations and and i think like i mean the the d league and the g G league is is a perfect example of that it's everyone is right there and and how do you get through that every single day? And and it's tough to navigate because it's a lot of things that can be yeah, unfair.
0: Can, I mean, it can. I see it break more more players than it, than it may. You know, what I'm saying? I'm saying I was one of the, the cases where I was able to get better in the G League and, and and come up the other end where I wanted to. But probably more people on my team than that who who were very talented, and good college players, and, and had uh, opportunity to be in the NBA. They were. Kind of gave up on themselves and and let the frustration and the the situation just make them quit. So um,
1: I saw I've seen both ends of the, of the spectrum. So during that the D League and G League process, what was there something that you learned about yourself during that time that maybe that you saw like okay, this is what this is a separator. Was it your mindset or was there something else that you just kind of realized like you like. Separated you from everyone else, or that you just figured out about yourself that maybe you didn't realize. Before? Um, I and mean, my thing is that, like I was talking about before,
0: that, I mean, that that mentality where I can actually separate stuff and and control what I control and and focus on the right things. But also, just, I think I realized how much I I love the game. You know, what I'm saying a lot of people say they love to play, love the game, but only going to do it when circumstances are, are good and they're in college and they're the best player on the team or they're in the NBA and and as soon as a player gets cut and has to and goes to the D league, then they they don't want to continue to play. They just want to call a quiz. But for me, I just love to play. Like I like I said from the get go, um, I enjoy my my time in the D league. I enjoy competing at that level and playing. And and I mean, I wanted to be in the NBA, but my daily focus wasn't. Um, I should be in the NBA.
2: It was just just playing, to be honest. Right. Yeah. And and a- actions are everything. Right. Like you said earlier, Seth. Like people sometimes think you don't care just because you're quiet but but that's not the case like if i'm hearing you right it's you're you can show you care just by what you do every day you don't have to be yelling and screaming yeah exactly i try to explain that to my wife too i'm gonna make sure she listens to this interview (laughs) (laughs) and and everyone has a different way of showing how they care i mean that's just the reality of it some people like to yell some people like to go crazy on the court but that doesn't mean it's helping either. I think there's a surface level of people think like, oh, that's being competitive. But but what you just described to me as being competitive is is no matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what my journey has been, is I'm going to go do what I do, whether it's in Idaho in front of 10 people or it's in front of Santa Cruz at 5,000 or if it's going to be in Portland in the Western yeah. Conference Finals. Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, I mean, you just said it right there. Like, it's it's people who show... I mean, you get the people who yeah, – like the Russell Westwicks sort of the world who show all their emotion on the floor and, and scream and yell. And you got the sure. other in the spectrum who – maybe it's the, the – I think Steph would be in the middle, but like the, the dames who really never say a word or just go about their business. But, I mean, they both carry equally. You know what I'm saying? Go both bring the same amount of intensity to the game. They just – they show it differently. and you know? And I think that's
1: – I mean, that's a good thing to – to try to explain so after that year that second year in, in Dallas where you, you didn't get to play you end up signing with Portland what was uh that transition like for you and uh joining that team which is uh you know for the most part a pretty tight-knit group yeah I mean I was that was a, probably the best year of my NBA career
0: so far just being a part of that that veteran team everybody was kind of established themselves as an NBA player knew who they were knew their roles and I think I was the only new guy on that team coming back you know what I'm saying it was I was trying to, to get my physical legs under me just coming up from a year off, but I was also trying to fit into a team that was already um, in the roles, like I said, and and also needed what I did coming off the bench and, and being that spark plug to get them uh, help them get to the, to the next level. So um, it was a great year. I mean, I, we got a bond from that team that, that we always have, just because we were able to overcome a lot of things, a lot of injuries, and get to the Western Conference Finals. And, I mean, I just... Like I said, that was probably my best, most
2: fun year of my NBA career. What made it so fun? I'm just curious. Like, is it is it just getting to get into the finals, or is it, like, the little things outside of that? I mean, we got to the West Conference, but, it was, I mean, it was the
0: reasons we got to the Western Conference finals. It was the process. It was the journey. You know what I'm saying? Being around, a like I said, a team that in the NBA is, is rare, but everybody knew their roles. You know what I'm saying? You had the the two main guys, the Dame and CJ, who who were – Every night we're gonna get their shots and and be the scores and the leaders that we needed. But we also had the 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 role plays, the defenders, the the guys coming off the bench that were weren't gonna complain about if they get two shots that night or or fifteen shots. I mean, they were gonna still play with the same same amount of energy and and you had the leaders and 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 some of the um, older guys and Evan Turner and and your Myers Leonard and and like I said, everybody knew their role and that's the reason we got to the West Conference wrestling college finals it was a journey and we had to overcome a lot of stuff man it wasn't easy
2: like you said that's rare for everyone to not only accept their role yeah. and, and then but you gotta go out you can't just talk about it and then you gotta go out and do it and and that is that's special for sure
0: yeah for sure for sure. Like, that's, I mean, that's why it was so fun cause like you had your roles and we talked about it and, and you did it but it all, it not all always pay off in the end in the NBA so to have, to have that stuff go our way, you know, what I'm saying I wasn't. There was times where I wasn't. I was getting the shots that I wanted. I mean, we just stuck to it as a team, and to finally get the results at the end of the year, getting to the West Conference Finals, and and even playing well in the West Conference Finals, but not being
2: able to to get over that hump. I mean, I feel like it was just a successful year for everybody. Yeah, you had and you had a couple big games in that in that Western conference finals offensively. And obviously I know you played good defense too, but, but what is it like you've, you've looking back, you've been on this, this D league journey. You've you, everywhere you've gone, it's kind of like, you've had to go take another step and prove yourself to everyone all over again. You had to do it in college. You had to go through the D league. You then had to prove yourself in the NBA. It's like, you have to start at almost the bottom floor at every, every place you go. And then all of a sudden in the Western conference finals, you're having like, you know monster moments is is that how do you go into that i guess what's your approach i've been through all this and now you just got to trust yourself but how ha- how do you approach a game like that and then and just let it fly
0: um i mean i learned this from my brother but the, my approach is, is the absolute same man whether it's a ex a preseason mm-hmm. exhibition game or a, a western conference Finals games or an nba finals game watching Steph and he's his pregame game routine from the time he wakes up to the the start of the game is the exact same you know you focus on the we focus on the process and then once the game is you let all that just take over so i mean for me i i had my routine down by the time we got to the playoffs and my mindset was the exact same from from start to finish and that just makes it easy so you don't have to think about stuff you don't if it's a big game you don't have to to care more or care less and just focus more focus less you're already in the routine in the rhythm and you know what you have to do so that that was that's that's what I, my mindset was. Uh, being in the playoffs for the first time, it, it's a bigger stage. It's more eyes on you. It's obviously the games mean a little bit more. But personally, my my
1: my focus and my work ethic and my routine was the exact same as it was from game one. That's big. So then you take that and you uh, you end up actually yeah. back in Dallas. What was it like returning? Um, you know, a lot of a lot of similar faces there in the organization and in and, and the city. And you just kind of ha- you kind of already know the place. What What's that I experience mean, like this time around? It's been
0: great, man. Uh, come, going into the off offseason, free agency is like the first time in my career where I have a lot of options to be able to to choose where I wanted to be. So um, I had to focus on, like I said, fit, um, finding a place that I was comfortable with and, and a system that I knew. And Dallas was a huge part of it, but also a city. That I'm comfortable with having a family now so it's it's um it all worked out uh for the best I'm kind of like I meant to be here in Dallas back to to playing well uh, with a coach that i that I'm familiar with and familiar with my game and other things I do well and puts me in a great position so it's it's been a great
1: year yeah you you've been having a monster year i mean you you're shooting i believe like upwards of over forty five percent might be closer to like in that forty eight range this year right and just getting getting shots that uh you know you know you can take and make what one thing that I've always wondered for shooters is how do you pick the right ones, right? So sometimes it's hard to like not settle for a tough yeah. one because you haven't got one in a while. How do you know this is the one oh. you want? Like you said, sometimes I do, you know what I'm saying? If I haven't
0: tested in a while you're gonna take a shot just to to feel involved. But I mean that's not the right way to go about it. Obviously it's about doing stuff you practice. You know what I'm saying? It's just um No matter what you, a player, when you get on the floor, you know the things you do well. You know the shots you can make. If you're being honest with yourself, and and for me, I try to every time on the floor, every shot that I take is is one that I know I I feel like I should make. If I miss it, that's just that's just me missing a shot. But it's not something that um, stuff that I haven't worked on. So for me, it's just, I mean, if I continue to get the shots that I that I know I can make and and I work on, then. At the end of the day, at the end of the season, the percentages will be where they are. You know what I'm saying? I, I started off not shooting as well as I, as I wanted to early in the season. But, I mean, I knew, as, as a coach told me in, in college, I mean, law percentages always always um, turn out in the end. So, um, I knew I would have a stress where I would feel like
1: I'm making everything and get my percentages back to where they should be. So, that's when it ended up happening. Got you. And then when you're in the zone – what does that feel like? Does it feel different? Are you thinking about anything or are you just kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean, there? the zone
0: is a real thing.
1: Just, sometimes you get in that, get in that rhythm
0: where your your body and your your habits and your muscle memory just takes over, you know what I'm saying? You just feel like if if I can get a shot off it's going in and and um mentally you're not thinking about anything. Your body's just taking over like I said. So um I mean, that's a great thing to have and a great it's just a great feeling. A great feeling that's hard to explain if, if, if you haven't been in it
2: Dallas kind of seems like uh you know now you're back here and you know I'm away from the team a lot but but just seeing that you know when you didn't get maybe the start you wanted to the season or you're saying maybe you were missing a few or not getting some shots at the start it, it kind of that's like your career in a, in a nutshell though is you you figure yeah. it out and you find a way and I think before this you know whole lockdown thing is you you then started to really like hit your rhythm and this towards the end. Um, but I think that goes back to like your patience, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Yeah, um I mean, just talking to one of my friends actually. We talked about like I heard an interview by Steve Nash, and he are saying one of the most um, important qualities in a. I think you're was saying was um like perseverance or just being a whatever. I've got the accent world, but it was about like not whatever it is being able to figure stuff out. So for me, I'm able to. Somehow, just adapt as time goes along. Be patient, and even if I start off struggling, I'm able to find out ways to to get better. And and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm a better player late in the season, for the most part of my career. Is I mean, I figure out things as we go along, figure out my role, get better, and and just continue to take this the shots that I that I know I can make. So, um,
2: yeah, that's I, that's, I think that's probably the right words. Is, is is perseverance is probably the right word with it, and 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 to, to like you said to persevere you got to be mm-hmm. self aware i mean it starts with that like in anything in life you got to be self aware you got to be honest with yourself you got to have people that are honest yep. with you and then and then being able to like filter out any type of noise that comes in is like oh you should yeah. be doing this and you should be doing that but but probably you know for you especially coming with experience and time and and good people on your corner you're able to like and i'm sure this would happen in any situation outside of basketball too but you would Figure it out. Yeah. And and that's part yeah, of it. You gotta know who
0: to who to listen to and you gotta know who's being honest with you and be honest with yourself. You know what I'm saying? You wanna be confident and and be um, optimistic about stuff, but you wanna be a uh, be realistic at the same time. So that's that's just part of being able to figure stuff mm-hmm. out and and know who you are as a player and
1: and and do stuff that you're good at. And mean that's what I focus on. So so to date in your in your career um what's been the most difficult memory that you have in your career so far is there one thing that you're like man like this just it still bothers you to this day or something or you just kind of embody your your entire personality and kind of just let it all know, go I mean
0: there's definitely stuff that I wish I could have done better uh, that's a good question I don't I don't know but if, I mean for me I think I just it, the injury part is is was was tough. I mean, it set me back twice in my in my playing career. I think I would have, I mean, focused on just the health aspect of my body. I've actually, scaled back in the summers, the hours and the amount of time I'm putting it on the floor. I don't do as, as many two a days on the court as I would have in the past. Just because I'm, I mean, it's, you got to be available. You got to be on the floor, and, and 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 I'm just 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 learning my body. As time goes along, so um, I think that's where I've grown mentally over the past few years.
2: Okay, right, and I think as you get older, sometimes you realize too, even non-related injury stuff is is sometimes putting in more and more unnecessary work yeah. isn't always the you answer. You bring
0: yourself out too mentally. At the same time, I think I mean I give respect to my brother as well, but I mean he's one of the best guys at um, decompartmentalizing the, the game and. His life off the floor. At the same time, you know, what I'm saying he's he focuses and when he's in the gym and when he's working on the game, he's he's locked in. But as soon as that time is off, he sometimes he don't even think about the game. Sometimes he don't even, he he don't even watch the game. You know, what I'm saying so. For me, I I can't completely turn basketball off yeah. at all. You know, what I'm saying I got I come home, I watch the game, I I play 2K, I'm basketball, basketball, basketball. <laughs> but Steph can completely <laughs> completely turn it off. He can playing an uh, NBA playoff game and, and I feel like he's not even, I mean, stressing about it once he, once he gets to that house. So, um, that's something I'm
1: still working on. Yeah. I, I, I will say having been around, you know, a fair amount of guys, that was one of the most yeah. amazing things I've seen. Like I, like, you know, it's one of the things where yeah, you see that and just go like, wow, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's crazy, man. It's he's crazy, just living man. his life now. He, you know,
0: <laughs> he lost the, I think they lost in the, the finals. I think it was 2016 when they, when they luck like, well three one and they end up losing, and our whole family is down. Everybody's fr- a little mad, frustrated. Stuff gets to the house, and he's like the the most calm person. Like he's the he, it was it was amazing. Like everybody's kind of walking on eggshells. They want to bring him, <laughs> but he's. I mean, it seemed like he was he he kind of, I mean, dealt with it and, and was ready for the next step. So I mean, it's something I'm trying to to, to watch and as I watch people and yeah. try to take stuff from from them that's one of the things i'm trying to to get better at
1: i think that's a it's a it's a rare trait and it's definitely something that has to be worked at every day to understand like this is your job right you don't you don't have to take it home with you right so you have good days at work you have bad days at work um if like you said though if you let it eat at you it could it could just eat you alive it can consume you
2: yeah it's not easy i mean part of that work is like you know we like you know being in the moment like the same way you're in the zone in the game you're not thinking about anything else you're just you're just hooping and trusting and doing your, your thing and and that's but that's the same thing at home too is you know you got to the challenge is you're playing at such a high level and you're so hyper focused on this very rare career and it's like not oh. normal you go from these like incredible and yeah. en- energy highs in front of thousands of people and then you got to go home and just like yeah, you, got, like, you dude, gotta turn like,
0: off and find other things to do or you know it's, it's tough.
2: Yeah, and have like kind of a like a rock you go back to like almost like yeah, a reset tough because button. That's, that's one of the
0: reasons that yeah. got you there. You're the the amount you carry, your your work at, the, the the time you put in and I mean that's I think that's definitely one of the reasons yeah. I mean I'm, i was able to, to, to get to any big was I just couldn't turn the game off. I was so obsessed with it and I was obsessed with playing the game and, and being as good as I could be and once it becomes a full-time job and you're at this level, and it becomes unhealthy to to do it 100, like 100 percent of the time, then it's it's just a tough
2: balance. Yeah, and and then everyone has their own way of doing it. Like the same way everyone has their own journey as a player. This is part of this is part of it. Like the next step as it becomes like big. What's the, something you're most proud of? I would say like just, yeah. yeah,
0: the perseverance and just my my complete story. You know what I'm saying? I, having a uh, a pretty different um, journey of getting to the NBA and and becoming the player that I am. You I know, mean, saying? most players in the, in the league are first round draft picks or drafted or or get the opportunity early on in their career to to play in the NBA. For me, it was just a whole different journey, and I had to, like you said earlier, I had to keep proving myself over and over and over, and I was able to do that. So, I think that's that's the thing I'm most proud of thus far. But for me, I wanna I wanna have a long career. I mean. Just to watch my dad play 16 years in the NBA for as a youngster, that's a, that's what I wanted to do. I think it's it's great to be a a star, all star, and have a, a, a large peak in your career. But for me, I want to focus on longevity and and have a long career. So that, yeah, hopefully that happens, and and just getting to this point so far is what I'm most proud of.
1: Thanks for listening to our show this week. And thank you again to Seth Curry for sharing his story.
2: Seth has done a great job demonstrating the type of composure and positive attitude that's needed to get through injuries and make it from the G League to the NBA. And this is going to serve him well as he tries to sustain a long and successful career. Our show is produced by Ellie Lieberman and Bianca Turner. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Mental Buckets, at Pat Turn with three T's, at UPB Training. Special thank you to Bennett Christensen for the beat and Jordan J Squared for the sound engineering.